the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. Why should Christians care about the Holocaust? It was over 70 years ago. Stay and listen as we look at Yom HaShoah, which is the commemoration around the world of the Holocaust, which happened this past week. So let's begin with the time of prayer. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King. O oh Lord, as this is a time of prayer and fasting, and it's also a time of looking history and seeing that it never gets repeated again. Father, we just ask that the power of your spirit would just be upon this program to touch hearts, to move people, to action if necessary, but always to get closer to you. We bless you, we praise you, and honor you. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Well, like to uh, mention that you still can get the Counting the Omer book. Probably at this point, the best place is just go online to shereshdavid.org. Go to the resource page and you can download it. Um, we'd certainly appreciate any kind of gifts you have available to help this uh, radio program stay on the air. That would be great. You could just call Karen at 813-831-5673 or go to heartofmessiah.org. We're going to begin with the counting of the Omer. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlom Vitzivanu Al Sifarat HaOmer Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the Universe, who has set us apart by your commandments and has commanded us to count the Omer. Today is the seventh day of the second week, and day number 14 I have counted the Omer. So the theme of this one today is our intimacy with God brings revival. And the scripture in Psalm 63, O God, you are my God, 
Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Since your loving kindness is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I lift up my hands. My soul is satisfied as with fat and oil. So my mouth praises you with joyful lips. A second scripture, a lot shorter, by the way, is John fifteen four. Abide in me and I will abide in you. So the thought uh, for the day is from Oswald Chambers. The battle of prayer is against two things in the earthlies, wandering thoughts and lack of intimacy with God's character as revealed in his word. Neither can be cured at once, but they can be cured by discipline. Interesting thought. James 4, 8, draw near to God he'll, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now the challenge is to repent, repent from your sins, sense God's purity, wash over you, and cry out to God. Allow your growing desire to be close to God. Produce words from your heart and show intimacy with him. You will be in his presence. You will abide in him. You will trust in him with, and you will begin to be revived. So the prayer for today is, Lord, wash me clean of my sins that I may come into your presence and enjoy true intimacy with you as I discipline myself to pray and fast. Revive me. So these, um, this counting the Omer, which I do every day for 50 days, uh, you know, we would love for you to do it as well. This was day number 14, so there's still many days left. Again, go to our website, shereshtavid.org. Go to the resource page. Look, if you want it sent a hard copy, you can ask Karen to do that as well at 813-831-5673. Now, the purpose of Yom HaShoah or this day of remembrance of the Holocaust, is to never forget the Holocaust. It's also to support Israel and stand against genocide around the world. It's also to to, um, raise awareness of the danger of remaining silent and also to motivate people to pray for America, for Israel, and for the world. By the way, we're doing that uh, every Tuesday night, come join us, uh, even on Facebook Live at 6.30 to 7.30. Yeah. Let's start at the beginning. What is the Holocaust? You know, the Holocaust is a term taken from the burnt sacrifice that was offered in the temple, and that was totally consumed. Refers, it's, so it refers to the systematic slaughter of six million Jews by Adolf Hitler and Nazis during the World War II. Jews at times refer to this as the Shoah, meaning terrible catastrophe. The actual day of remembrance was this past week. It's on the 27th of Nisan, this past Wednesday. More than ever before, people around the world have said that the Holocaust never happened. I pray that this will 
eliminate your doubts, if any. And you'll see why it's important not only for Jews, but even Christians and everyone to remember. There are three main themes of this time. One, never forget. Two, never again. And three, never be silent. Now, the Holocaust began in 1939, became possible, though, in 1933 when Hitler came to power in Germany. The Hebrew word Shoah, which I mentioned, is is a travesty or a devastation. In addition to Jews, the Nazis persecuted gypsies, homosexuals, Jehovah's Witnesses, and the disabled. Anyone who resisted Nazis were also forced into labor camps or murdered. They, the Nazis used a term called the final solution to refer to their plan of murder and getting rid of Jewish people. It's estimated that 11 million people were killed during the Holocaust. Six million of these were Jews. Nazis killed approximately two-thirds of all the Jews living in Europe. Can you believe that? That's crazy, right? An estimated 1.1 million children were murdered in the Holocaust. On, 19, in, on April 1st, 1933, the Nazis instigated their first action against German Jews by announcing a boycott of all Jewish-run businesses. Oh, my goodness. Bringing this closer to home, do you understand the importance and the horror that Jewish people and all people should feel about today's cancel culture? When the government doesn't like something, like the new voting law in Georgia, the baseball league moves the all-star game to another city? This is similar to the first action in 1933 to boycott Jewish-run businesses. That is why we should learn about what happened in Germany, because we are seeing the beginning of it happen in the United States today, right before our eyes. It's scary to see cancel culture cancel the rights for people to have different opinions than their own. If you don't see the similarity, I would ask you to take a look again. The Nuremberg Laws in 1935 excluded Jews from public life, stripped them of citizenship, prohibited marriages, prohibited romantic relations between Jews and non-Jews. Over the next few years, they, they weren't allowed in parks. They weren't allowed to have civil service jobs. Uh, there, there was a registry of the Jews and their property. They prevented Jewish doctors from working on anybody except Jewish patients. And then finally, in 1938, November 9th and 10th, the Nazis incited an attack in Austria and Germany, which was called Kristallnacht, Night of the Broken Glass. This night of violence included the pillaging and burning of synagogues, breaking the windows of Jewish-owned businesses, the looting of these stores, and many Jews were physically attacked. Also, approximately 30,000 Jews in those two days were arrested and sent to concentration camps. I know this is hard to believe. 
After World War II started in 1939, Nazis began ordering Jews to wear a yellow star of David on their clothing so that Jews could be easily recognized. A story about this is my mother had to wear one, but she was kind of rebellious. And in the early years of the Nazi occupation, she decided not to wear one. And honestly, if she hadn't been so pretty, she probably would have been killed on the spot by the Nazi who stopped her. And look, you know, this is a much longer story than I can give you now, but it's quite interesting. My father also has an interesting story, but again, that's for another time. So many people refer to these Nazi camps as concentration camps, but there were different kinds of camps, including extermination camps, labor camps, prisoner of war, transit camps. And these Nazi doctors concluded awful medical experiments on prisoners. One example is someone who passed away a few years ago. Her name's Jermaine Pitchin. And she lived in Clearwater. I had the honor of helping to bring her to the Lord before she passed away. And she was born in Greece. At 15 years old, her mother and five sisters were herded into a boxcar to go to Auschwitz. And of her family, she was the only one who survived. And she was kept alive because she was used for medical experiments. One of these... She re, uh, she received electric shock treatment. After two days, she vomited, and then she was to be sterilized by this doctor called the Angel of Death, Dr. Joseph Mengele. Now, Mengele, speaking to a Jewish doctor, forced him to assist and take out her ovaries. We don't want any Jewish children, he said. But just then, a miracle occurred. There was a sound of allied planes, so Mengele said to the Jewish doctor, take both her ovaries out, then plan, uh, then, then he ran out of the room for cover. So this elderly Jewish surgeon quickly stitched her up. He had already had taken out one ovary, but he left the second one in and said to Germaine, name your first son after me. And she did. And you might know who that is, Saul Pitchin. And funny enough, he was the head of New Life Solutions Pregnancy Centers, a Jewish believer in Yeshua, responsible for saving babies, right? So God has a great uh, sense of humor, I guess. While concentration camps were meant to starve prisoners to death and extermination camps were built to kill large numbers of them. You know, prisoners were taken from one to another, and it was just an awful situation. It's estimated just at Auschwitz alone, 1.1 million Jews were killed. Some people spoke out. An example would be Oscar Schindler, if you ever saw the movie Schindler's List. If you haven't, go see it. It's not a happy movie, but it's, it's, it's a compelling movie. How about that? He was a German industrialist, a member of the Nazi party, but he actually was credited with saving 1,200 Jews during the Holocaust by employing them in his factories. And he was considered by Jewish people a righteous Gentile. In fact, at Yad Vashem, which is the Holocaust memorial, 
Close to 15,000 people have been identified and honored under a law in 1963. These are called righteous among the nations. In other words, non-Jewish people who were righteous, who had helped Jewish people. Another example would be Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was a German pastor, published a prayer book in 1940. It declared that the Old Testament uh, was important to Christianity and to the church, and it was a bold rebuke of Nazi efforts to undermine anything Jewish. It, all, it also claimed that Christianity was unavoidably Jewish and that the Old Testament uh, is not superseded by the New Testament but is inextricably linked with it and that Jesus was unavoidably Jewish. He was taken to a concentration camp, and unfortunately, just weeks before that camp was liberated, he died. Great man. However, the history of the church and and the Jew has not always been positive. And, you know, quotes from Martin Luther, who obviously was a great man of God, but towards the end of his life, he just was so angry that they didn't accept the Lord that he just lost it on them and and wrote awful things, uh, you know, and and just, just, I mean, it's hard to explain. I mean, some of his writings said, set fire to the synagogues and schools to and bury and cover with dirt whatever was not burned. Or another one was advised that houses be set on fire and destroyed. He he also advised that prayer books and Talmudic writings in which such idolatry, lies, cursing, and blasphemy are taught be taken from them and burned. A fourth thing he advised was that the rabbis be forbidden to teach, henceforth on pain of loss of life or limb. He advised that the safe conduct on the highways be abolished for Jews completely. He advised that usury be prohibited to them and that all cash and treasury of silver and gold be taken from them. Okay, so as I said, the history between the church and Jewish people has not always been great. But what can we learn and decipher and figure out from this? How do we develop growth as we look at ourselves? Well, we should learn from remembering the Holocaust and people who had words that inspired anti-Semitism. Number one, we should not forget. Because when we forget, we lose the fact that this is a part of history. Even though it's not pretty, we should not forget. Secondly, we should have an attitude of blessings at all times. Psalm 34 says, I'll bless the Lord at all times, right? And it says, let us exalt his name together. So this is, regardless of what happens to us, any time, whether it's in history or even present, we need to learn to have an attitude of blessing and trust and faith in the Lord. Number three, you are not to be ruled by your past. I mean, that's scripture. Philippians three thirteen and 14 uh, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upper call 
of God and Messiah Yeshua. Number four, we are to forgive. I mean, that's so clear in Mark eleven twenty five. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Number five, we should respond. We should have action. You know, if you're not responding to the cancel culture and the things that are going on in our world today, you are allowing them to expand. And one day, as we'll read in a second, they'll come after you. But all that is necessary for triumph of evil is good men to do nothing, Edmund Burke. Okay? Number six, use our words for good and choose our words carefully and only speak those things that are of God. So Martin Niemiller, a pastor in the German Confessing Church, spent eight and a half years in a concentration camp, and he wrote the following. And I want you to listen carefully because this applies to you, whoever you are. First, they came for the communists. I did not speak out. I was not a communist. Then they came for the socialists. I did not speak out. I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists. I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews. I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak out for me. Ellie Wiesel said this, For the dead and the living, we must bear witness. What can we do? We can send letters, we can email, we can protest, we can uh, send letters to our president, our congresspeople, the school boards. You know, if you're, not, if you're not happy with what they're teaching in the school now about gender and, and abortions and just all the things that are going on, you need to get off the couch and do something. Give your finances to good groups and take away your finances from groups that are coming against you and, and, and believers, right? And then pray. You know, we are doing this 50 days of prayer, 40 days of prayer and fasting. We want to see a change happen in our country. Would you join with me? Please, please join me in prayer. Not the second just every day for our country. Look, we're out of time today. I pray that you've learned something about the Holocaust, but more importantly, the themes and the responsibility. Number one, never forget. Number two, never again. Number three, never be silent. We must be on guard so this does not happen to us. We must not be silent. We must seek to help those around the world who are suffering from oppression and worse. And as much as we can do, let us be vigilant vigilant to stop abortions, to stop any kind of Holocaust. And this is certainly a Holocaust in the United States and Israel and the world, the killing of babies. If you feel this program has been valuable to you and you'd like to f- support it financially, please do so by uh going to our website, heartofmessiah.org, or call Karen at 813-831-5673.
Next week, we discuss Israel's modern history as we celebrate Israel's Independence Day and wish Israel happy birthday. Look, we have Friday night service, Saturday morning service. Both are on Facebook Live. Check out ShoreshDavid.org. Tuesday night, we have a service praying for revival for our country and for Israel and for the world. 6.30, one hour, 6.30 to 7.30. Join us on Facebook Live. Hey, you can come and visit us too, but I'm just saying. For more information, check out our website, shoreshdavid.org. Call our office, 813-831-5673. Comments, questions, rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. Lord, I pray for each person who has listened to my voice that they would know that you desire for them to never forget, but also to make a difference in this world. And I pray that their first priority would be to grow in their desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. And I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel.